Hello, and welcome to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Haley Barton, and in this season, we're talking about the new book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest from Sabbath to Sabbatical and Back Again. And this week, we're talking about Sabbath and the seasons of life, because one of the things that I've discovered in my years of practicing Sabbath is that the season of life that we're in really does affect how we practice Sabbath. And it would just be unwise and it would set us up for failure if we didn't consider the different seasons and consider some really practical ideas for how to practice Sabbath in whatever season of life that we're in. But before we get into this week's episode, we've got our friend Rick McCall back, Pastor Rick McCall, and he's going to tell you a little bit about launch day, which is one week from today. Welcome, Rick. Thank you so much, Ruth. I am so excited about the launch of your book on October 11th because it's just such a life-changing book. It's going to be great for, it's not only great for pastors, but it's great for anyone. It's transformative in so many ways. So I'm looking forward to everyone having that in their hands. And I'm so excited to be able to join you for your virtual celebration. And anyone who pre-orders the book can join in on our celebration. It's going to be from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on Tuesday, October 11th. And I'll be there, Ruth. You're going to have your whole staff there with you. And we're going to celebrate this thing being available to everyone. And I think it's available through all the standard places you can buy books, Amazon, InterVarsity, anywhere else. And so it's going to be an exciting, exciting day. So on the podcast today, you can check the notes and see where you can go to show your proof of purchase to be on the list for the Zoom link, and that'll get you all set. That's all you need. I'm so excited to be there. We hope to see you there. Thanks, Rick. I'm so excited to celebrate with everyone and so glad that you'll be there too. You know, because we wanted to have enough time and space to handle several key seasons of life that affect our ability to practice the Sabbath, we're offering two episodes. And in this first episode, we're talking about the seasons in which we might have young children in our home. And how do we practice Sabbath in that busy season where there are young children and it might seem kind of impossible to practice Sabbath? but it is possible. And so my guests for this season are very special to me. We have Kyle and Charity McClure. Charity is my daughter. She's my oldest daughter. And that means that she was raised in our home when we were first beginning to practice Sabbath. And then her husband, Kyle, has also not only been a part of our family now for a long time, but he's also been in Transforming Community. And he and Charity together have been very serious in their attempts to implement Sabbath, even in their season with three young children. Kyle works in the financial industry and Charity actually works for us here in the Transforming Center as Director of Strategy and Communications. So they're juggling a lot and yet the Sabbath has become so important to them and they have some great ideas. Charity actually contributed a section in the book on this topic, but we're looking forward to having you hear her and hear them talk about how their family is practicing Sabbath together. And now enjoy this conversation with Kyle and Charity McClure. Well, Charity and Kyle, I'm really be glad to be having this conversation with you. So I have this privilege of being with my daughter, now my oldest daughter, Charity, and she is married to her husband, Kyle. And so we have, Charity and I have known each other all her life. 
And we've known Kyle since he was 17. So I think we're getting to the place where we've known him over half his life now. So we know each other really well. They have three children, our three of our grandchildren. And so one of the great joys of my own journey in Sabbath keeping has been to share the journey with my own children. And it's an interesting journey because I didn't start practicing Sabbath. And I've said this in other uh, episodes. I didn't start practicing until my early 40s when God sort of knocked me off my horse, uh, literally and figuratively. It was a bike, but I got knocked off. And I had been actively resisting, resisting Sabbath keeping uh, for many years. I was actively teaching people about spiritual practices, but Sabbath was just beyond my reach. It seemed unrealistic. I'd put it in the too hard file because I, of the way I experienced Sabbath as a young child myself. I just wasn't interested. Plus, I was into achieving at that point. I wanted to use Sundays the way I wanted to use them. I wanted to use them to keep working and making, you know, happen whatever I thought needed to happen or catching up. And so I didn't really um, enter into this practice until I was in my early 40s when I already had children who had established their own priorities. And we'll talk about that a little bit as we go. But where I'd like to start now is that I have now been practicing Sabbath for 20 years and teaching on Sabbath for about that long. And one of the questions that invariably comes in the conversation about Sabbath, somebody will ask me, and this happens almost every single time, um, I practice my Sabbath on Mondays when my children are at school. What do you think of that? And it's always kind of an awkward moment because I want to be gentle and I want to be encouraging. And, you know, the impetus to practice the Sabbath is a really good thing. But I will very, very gently say that I understand why people would want to do it that way. It seems to make more sense because being with children can be anything but restful. Um, and I can understand why parents of young children would think that they needed to practice Sabbath on Monday when their kids are in school. But then I will say equally gently, but I cannot endorse that. And there are reasons for that. And one of the reasons is because Sabbath is intended and has been intended all the way along to be a communal practice, a practice that is practiced with those that you love, those that you live with, those that you're close to. And the truth is uh, that there's a kind of magic that happens on Sabbath. We are, you know, more rested people on the Sabbath. There are things about the Sabbath that children also need to experience, even when it's uncomfortable. And also it's just meant to be shared with our loved ones versus being a private discipline. And it brings us back to this core idea that Sabbath is not solitude and silence. Sabbath is a communal discipline by definition. Solitude and silence are being alone with God by definition. Sabbath is to be practiced in community with other people. And there are so many beautiful and wonderful things that get shared, even when it's hard. The fact that we're even trying to do it as a family with children, and even when it seems almost impossible, or it brings out the worst in us because we're struggling, we want something so badly that we can't make happen in our own family. There is something about the struggle. There is something about the attempt. There's something about establishing this as an important practice within a family that children of all ages need to experience. And so it's been a great joy for me to not only have my own Sabbath practice, which in the end, I'll let Charity share what it was like to experience me starting to practice as a person who already had her in my home as a teenager, but then to walk with her and to walk with her and Kyle and seeing them put Sabbath into practice in their own family with young children. So let's start, Charity, with you saying a little bit about what it was like to grow up with me. <laughs> when you were a teenager and your mom started doing this really odd thing called keeping a Sabbath. 
<laughs> well, I'm sure it would be no surprise to anyone. This was not the first strange thing that you had done or introduced <laughs> no. to our family. So <laughs> there, I have lots of stories where I felt like this is not a normal family in the most positive way. I, what I remember and what I am the most grateful for is the way in which you brought Sabbath to our family as something that you felt really invited to by God. And we saw your response to that invitation be accepted with great joy and intention. And yet you didn't make any of the rest of us feel bad for not accepting that same invitation. And I don't know how you did that. It's one of the questions I want to ask, because now that I'm a parent, you want, you have this impulse to have your children understand and appreciate all the things that you understand and appreciate and want to give to them and offer to them. And that was not your approach with it. And so I'd love to hear if that was something that you just knew instinctively, or if a spiritual director kind of was helping you with your own feelings of being on a different path than the rest of those living in your house at the time, because we were very much into ourselves and into our life, um, as teenagers often are. But I do remember that when I wasn't as self-referenced and in my own comings and goings that I noticed uh, a different kind of presence with you that would start to draw me home sometimes. And I know that um, my sisters have expressed some of that as well, that there was something about who you were at home that just felt a little bit different that time during the week. And so I know that our conversations, we were able to have them in a quieter and more lengthy way. We were able to enjoy food together in a way that you were preparing food that didn't feel like it was rushed or out of necessity, but it was out of joy and out of nourishment. There was just a different kind of energy and presence in the home. And so while we never fully leaned into it, it was something that we experienced as being a different day. And there was something very winsome about that. I have to admit that when I was a young adult, that it was not something that I brought into my life. And it was not when I hear you say that it was because of your ambition. I don't, that wasn't where it came from for me, Kyle, Kyle and I early in our marriage, we were all about the fun. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just yes, I remember all those days. about the fun. Uh-huh. And so we were both working full time. And um, when the weekend would come, it was like time to go. It was like, we were mm-hmm. using like our weeks to recover from our weekends. It was playtime. It was, it was <laughs> friends and boating and trips and people. And I mean, we just, our life was bigger than what we could manage, but we didn't know it. We were just fully all in. We threw ourselves into it. And so it wasn't until having children and wanting to bring a quality of presence to them and having the responsibilities of our life shift that that was really in our face. Like we can't keep running this hard. And once your life is that big, you have a lot of people, there's a lot of invitations, there's a lot of opportunities, and there's this urge to still want to do it all. And so that was what we had to start wrestling with, was some of our deepest desires around rest and quality of presence and sane rhythms that we just, it was not easy in the beginning, but that was probably how I would say we got drawn into it was just, we couldn't keep our pace anymore once tiny people were introduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would, I would a hundred percent echo that. I think when we got to a certain point in our marriage, especially with kids where we started choosing between good things and the best things. And mm-hmm. when we got to that point where it was like, we were cutting out really good things in our life. Like, oh my gosh, this is very busy. 
you know what I mean? This is, this yeah. is there. It's nonstop. It keeps going all the time. And I think that we just got to that point where it was like, we're, we're, we're needing some moments that we are dedicated to, to not choosing between things, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're actually giving energy and effort towards the, the most important thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we started talking about it as creating like pockets or windows of time in the schedule, like intentionally creating space. And my first experience in a transforming community was the first time that I really engaged with the idea of a Sabbath practice that was more regular than just trying to create more space mm-hmm. myself, but that there would be an actual practice, a weekly practice. And the, it, it's a hard one because it, it keeps you home more. And we, you know, we were traveling a lot, but it also aligned with our desire to be more regularly a part of a community, a church community or a friend community, you know, like the, the it was almost like a discipline to, to be home even, you know, a Mm -hmm. discipline to rest, a discipline to stay home, a discipline to give ourselves space to be human in terms of our need for rest Mm -hmm. and slowness, um, at least once a week. And so we started to just know that in addition to Sunday, even we needed to have like whole weekends where they weren't all booked. Do you know what I mean? Like it just started to grow from there. Like just, we need space. We need space Mm -hmm. to breathe. And Sabbath was Mm -hmm. the first real concrete practice and has become the one that we hold to the best actually. Mm -hmm. Like if I was going to tell somebody a spiritual practice that we really are committed to and hold to really well, it would be Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I think it's obviously wonderful to hear that even though it wasn't something that fully drew you in when you were in our home, that there was a moment where need that we talk about how desire can actually deepen into a sort of desperation. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think I'm hearing in the story is that you got a little desperate, you know, we, for we a way. <laughs> for talk sure. about the desperation. Well, the the beauty of it is the beauty of it is that you had modeled something that then we could, we knew and we could go back to. And I think that that's something as a parent that I just keep needing to remind myself about is that when we hit that really desperate place where we really needed something, we had an example of somebody who had it. And so you were an example to us of somebody who had it and you had incorporated a practice. And so when you have examples of people who've done it, you can no longer say that it can't be done. (laughs) You know, Um, we didn't have people in our life with young children, but the whole reason why I joined a community when we had young young children. And the whole reason why we Mm. decided to incorporate this practice when we had young children was because if there was ever a season where we needed some help in terms of maintaining our sane rhythms of work and rest, it is in the young parenting season. And so I just couldn't imagine gutting it out until we got to a place where these kinds of practices or experiences felt more manageable. It just felt like, no, they're actually going to be essential to us being in this season of our life well. Mm -hmm. And so the desperation for the kind of spiritual support and rest that we needed to be the kind of parents that we wanted to be and the kind of people that we wanted to be really led to an actual practice that we decided to implement. Yeah. Well, and what I think I observed in, in at least you, but probably both of you is that it was in being in a transforming community and you both really drove a stake in the ground for that. And you both have really sacrificed to be in different transforming communities. But I think that's also a place where you get a taste of what real resting is, you know, Mm -hmm. the unplugged, the taking a nap in the afternoon, 
the, you know, paying attention to your body's needs and desires, that that's where you, you, you have to get a taste somewhere of what that kind of resting feels like in order to want to expand it and to also wrestle with the challenges that Sabbath keeping is going to present when you try to do it in your family. It's almost like the community experience and the solitude and rest that we experience there becomes a touchstone. And you're like, okay, that I had a taste of that. I'm going to bring it home. I I just want it so badly. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would just add that I, you know, I think charity was for sure the leader in our family in terms of Sabbath keeping. Um, And I was a little hesitant because I was so tired. For us, Sabbath is Sunday. So like that is, Mm -hmm. that's our family's day. For most, I think for many, many people, Sunday is the day that it's really an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But, you know, Saturdays for me, leading up to that, especially with small kids, I was like, all right, I I need a nap today. And she's like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. Like this is, we're going to do everything we need to do in our house. Like we're going to get this done. So that we have Sunday without any of those things, you know. Yeah, so she was, yeah. she was really. I mean, she really was the leader in terms of mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna actually focus our weeks and do this the right way, so that we can literally have nothing that we have to do on mm-hmm. Sunday." And that, that for me was the the turning point where I, I realized that I'm, uh, I'm lazy at the end of the week, either either day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it doesn't, it, it, it still means there's life stuff to do. And so for us to really focus a day that we're not doing anything that we have to do has been really beautiful for us. Well, and yeah. we can't get it all done sometimes, you know, sure. because Saturdays are also a day for sports. We've got kids who are in mm-hmm. sports. It's often fun things with friends, which we still, you know, do. And so there are a lot of weeks where we have to say we've done what we can and we're going to leave it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, we can't get it all done. But what he's saying is I, we're going to at least try. <laughs> yeah, yes, least that's try. right. And she's going to drive. She's going to drive it. <laughs> yes. And make sure. Um, but then you get that really big, delicious nap on the Sabbath, hopefully. So it was well, it was well, sometimes, sometimes for. yes. And sometimes yeah, no, sometimes. but it feels, I mean, yeah. with small kids, it's, it's hit or miss, but, but, yeah. it, but it really is a, an opportunity to do the things that you really enjoy, mm-hmm. which is, well, at least you can lay on the couch totally. as, you know, and let the kids play around you or be with them exactly. versus no, I've got this list right. that I have to get to. Right. Today. And be with yeah. them really deeply and well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very exactly. different experience. And we, we've both yeah. come to really crave it. Like it's, it's, that's mm-hmm. the end of our week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When you almost feel like you can get through it if you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like if you know that you yeah. have Sunday, then, you know, and we've started right. to have it be because if there's a lot of times things with friends on Saturday or things with family on Saturday or fun things that we want to do, like we'll often talk as a family about, what are our commitments for Saturday and what are we getting towards? And then we're going to land in this place of togetherness on Saturday Mm -hmm. night, you know, like into Sunday. Yeah. So charity, one of the things I'm really aware of uh, how you've gifted me in my life was that first of all, you know, the fact that you were able to name at some point that I was different on the Sabbath and that, there was something about the way I was on the Sabbath, less driven, more available, all of that, that drew you to me Mm -hmm. and drew you to the home. That is one of the, that you helped to clarify the fact that children need to be around their parents, the way their parents are on that day, Mm -hmm. that there's something about who the parents are when they unplug that the children need to experience. So it doesn't, it, it robs them of that. If you do your Sabbath on Monday, where they don't get to be with you the way you are on the Sabbath and experience your Sabbath presence. Yes. And I don't even know that Monday is a real option for people. I mean, most people in my life yeah. are working. It would be right. oh, if for 
if if there was anybody in my life who could do it on on Monday, it would have be only one one person. Yes, they wouldn't even be with their spouse. Right, and so yes, mm-hmm. and so. Um, but I I know that you've given really beautiful advice to people in seasons where it just really isn't restful to, to be mm-hmm. with their family for a whole day. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've given mm-hmm. really beautiful advice about maybe doing a half and half. You know, where right. if you've got church commitments or you know things on Sunday morning, or you just know that the whole day is not going to feel restful, that sometimes I've heard you encourage people to do like Sunday afternoon through Monday afternoon, you know what I mean? Or something like that, so that you get a little bit of what you need and you still are giving that that quality of presence to your most intimate community as well. Right, right. And so this becomes embedded in them, you know, embedded in them in a way because they get to witness it even when, even when it's a struggle, it's still worth the witnessing and the attempt. So I wanted to thank you for that gift. But the other gift has been the fact that you've allowed me to walk alongside and just be a part of the unfolding of your own Sabbath journey. Because I didn't, because I didn't bring that and we didn't have that in our family. When you all were young children, I just don't have that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have that in my, in my wheelhouse. And so I've gotten to walk alongside you and Kyle and see you all make this big attempt, you know, at practicing the Sabbath. And so I'm really grateful for having had the, the chance to be up close and personal with a young family's journey with the Sabbath, because it's something I wouldn't have gotten to witness otherwise. And so I'd love for you guys to even get a little bit more practical about how you approach Sabbath, how you shape your Sabbath days, like be really concrete and practical. And also you like to talk about posture, you know, that the posture that you enter into the Sabbath with actually affects how you experience it. And I think that's really important too, because one thing I've noticed is that if we enter into the Sabbath with this really rigid idea of how it's got to be and impose it, then the family can just crack, Mm -hmm. you know, it can just become really almost destructive. But I love the way you're articulating the idea of posture. What is our posture as a young family in particular and entering into this? Mm -hmm. And either one of you can respond. One of the things for us in a lot of parenting has been about the framing and the posture. And so Mm -hmm. in the same way that I hear lots of young parents joke about the fact that a vacation is really not a vacation when you take your Mm -hmm. young children, it's a trip and there's lots of beautiful gifts in a trip. But if you go into it thinking it's going to be a vacation, you're going to probably come back pretty disappointed about how tired you still are at the end of it. Well, and also that it's even more stressful because you're trying to do all your child raising and everything you do at home in a new environment. Exactly. It <laughs> might not even support exactly. you know, trips, the children. Trips when the, you yeah. have young kids is just is just parenting in a harder place Ting- to parent. Somewhere else in a harder <laughs> yes, place. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was really helpful for us to accept that reality really early on mm-hmm. in our family's yeah. life of traveling. And in the same way, when the Sabbath idea, you know, when, when you cast a vision for Sabbath and community, it's so beautiful beautiful. It brings you to tears. It brings all of us to tears. There's such a deep Mm -hmm. longing for that kind of spaciousness. And I remember sitting there thinking that is just so not possible. Like I want that, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how that's possible with all the needs. And so, um, I still sat with that desire and believed that there was still an invitation for me and for us in that, but it was hard to really understand exactly what that was. And somehow the conversations around trips and vacations came to me and I was like, you know what, maybe it's just about my posture towards it and my ability to be with what is in the season that it is. And knowing that in the same Mm -hmm. way that our vacations and our trips are going to evolve, 
um, that our practice of Sabbath is going to evolve. And so in these Mm -hmm. early days that maybe instead of looking at Sabbath as a day of rest, which I just so deeply was needing and wanting, you know, because I was so tired to think of it um, more as a day of presence. And Mm -hmm. that shifted it for me because it took the expectation that I would get a nap off the table. It took the expectation Mm -hmm. that it was going to meet my deep physical needs for relaxation, you know, Mm -hmm. that I, it just kind of took those expectations off and it was more about, okay, so what would it look like to be present to God on this day? What would it look Mm -hmm. like to be present to Kyle on this day? What would it look like to be present to my children? What would it look like to help them be present to each other? And what would it look like to help them even learn to be present to themselves? What would it look like for our family to cultivate a day of presence that was a better level, um, a more loving experience on that day. And so then that completely changed our conversation and gave us Mm -hmm. some handles for how we would even start to communicate with each other because Kyle and I are very different personalities. And so even our specific needs on Sabbath are different. And so the ways in which we can support what a quality of presence would be on that day is different and has evolved as our children have gotten older as well. Mm -hmm. It sounds like there's a deep level of acceptance that you had to enter into. Yes. Mm -hmm. Acceptance of your life stage and your family stage. And, you know, I I think I... I also wrote about this in the book, a a deep level of trust in God that he knows what I need. Mm -hmm. And that that prayer, you know, I ask not for for what I want, but for what you know I need. And um, Mm -hmm. to really almost be on, be attentive and on alert for the gifts that God was looking to give me that might not have been the ones I would have chosen mm-hmm. for that day, but they still were for, from God for me. And that, that, that he's going to care for me in this set apart time while I'm caring for other people. And so sometimes that did look like, oh my gosh, there's an opening. I'm going to slip upstairs and I'm going to give Kyle a look and I'm going to slip upstairs and go get a quick nap because they're all good. Before anybody notices that you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to slip away or, or maybe it's a chance to snag a walk with one of the kids around the block because, you know, they just, I know that there would be some space for us to talk about something mm-hmm. or maybe it's noticing that Kyle's having a lot of fun with one kid building something. And so I take the other two to do something else so that it preserves the experience that they're having. But sometimes it's just being in the flow of what's happening rather than trying to grip so tightly to mm-hmm. what it is that I'm hoping I'm going to get that day, you know, mm-hmm. and looking for what's being given. Yeah. And that is such so consistent with one of the deepest uh, dynamics of Sabbath, and that is trust, that it's it's always been about trust. Sabbath has always been about trust yeah, from yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. So you're talking about another way of practicing trust, actually, mm-hmm. as part of your Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and, so, and I think even, um, you know, what what was interesting is I learned about Sabbath really from Transforming Center and you is that even the definition of rest is different for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. like there's not like yeah. there, there really is a different version of rest for everyone. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so for me, um, you know, me going out in my wood shop and building something with my kids is extremely restful or doing mm-hmm. even a house project. Like you would, a lot of people would consider that a, a thing that's work, but for me, mm-hmm. that's actually very restful yeah. and keeps my mind focused on one thing that is, mm-hmm. is actually really beneficial for me and my personality. And so what I found is that we've had to be very fluid with what what Sabbath is, you know, and I'll be the first one to say that this is a work in progress. This is not like a, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're the Sabbath keepers of all time, you know, but I do I do think learning your definition of rest is actually very honoring to your relationship with God, because 
you're learning some of the ways that he created you and who he made you to be. And the truth is that that's very different for me than it is for charity. We're, we're, we have a very different version of what rest means for us. So we'll have back and forth conversations where she'll feel like something I'm doing isn't keeping Sabbath, but for me it is or vice versa, you know? And so we have to learn each other in those kind of conversations. And that's, that's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing for our marriage too. Well, and your marriage yeah. can also be a place where somebody can say, you know, I know that you say that you think that that's restful, but the energy that I feel from you while you're doing it is not, is not, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Hard you driving, yeah, it's you time to conquer this piece of something. Yeah. 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 Yes, and so right, it just, right, and so right. some of it is being able to be gentle and honest with each other about, you know, what that is. And, um, and it's not even just about rest, you know, one of the, I, the kids have these chore charts on our refrigerator and on Sundays or actually Saturday nights so that when they wake up, I always write rest, love and be loved as their only jobs mm-hmm. for the day is to rest, to be loved and I mean, to love mm-hmm. and to be loved. And they still always read it, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that we are encouraging each other to look for the ways that we feel loved by God, by each other that we're looking for ways that we can be loving um, and we're looking for ways in which we can rest from all the striving and our children, Mm -hmm. they have a lot of striving too. It's not just us. There's a lot of ways in which our children are working really hard all the time to try to be all sorts of things. And uh, I, I just, that concrete reminder for them in words on our refrigerator that they're not supposed to do anything other than those three things on those days, you know? Yeah. Could that possibly be true again? <laughs> yes. It's on the refrigerator again. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, I also think, you know, Kyle, in response to what you said about the different ways of resting, it also means defining what's work for you. I mean, that's the, it's the other side of the coin, right? Right. And so either way you word it, it's this process of exploring what is work for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm supposed to cease right. on this day. Yes. Right. You know, right. And then what is restful for me? And that's what we get to choose. And and the funny um, part is for the first couple of years, like Charity just mentioned, is is you you really have to work. Well, at least I did. I'm, I'm slower than most people, I guess. But you really have to work to help define that for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you have to like what you think it is might not be what it actually is. But even getting to enter into that has helped me learn more about myself and more about my relationship mm-hmm. with God, which is really cool. So. Yeah. And so you're, you're, you know, to me, you're highlighting another aspect of all this. And that is we have to enter into it with the spirit of sort of experimentation and exploration versus there's some right way to do it. And this is the only way to do it. And so I love that. And I try to tell people, don't ever judge your attempt at a Sabbath. You're just trying stuff, you know, and you got to try stuff to know whether or not something's work, work or rest for you. Um, or how, you know, in the book, I do mention uh, one man who just paid attention to what happens inside him when he watches sports, that on one level, he'd like to say sitting in a recliner for three hours watching football is restful. But then he started to be more self-aware and to notice, but wait a second, I get all riled up, I get all competitive, you know, and he said, what was happening inside me wasn't restful. That's a really uh, nuanced level of self-awareness right right there. And you have to be willing. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to notice and to be honest about these things. So yeah, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is, we, you know, we have, when we have conversations going into a Sabbath about, you know, how, what that, what that day is going to hold and how we're going to do that together. Sometimes it's a really like healthy, like anticipatory conversation. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it is just like a barely hanging on. Like the Mm -hmm. thing that I can't do tomorrow is this, like Mm -hmm. for me, like I can't make any more meals tomorrow. Like that is like, that is I am done with the mm. meals this week, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so don't so, even ask, and so don't, you know, and so like looking at each other being like, at, at what, what are the points at which you need a break? Mm. You know what I mean? And yeah. sometimes 
it's a specific child. You know what I mean? Where you're like, I love that child. And I've had more time with that child this week, or it's pressing up against things in me and triggering things in me. So it's not that I'm not going to be with them, but I just need you to know that I might need you to step in a little bit more strongly today Mm -hmm. so that the presence can stay loving. I mean, there's these really, really practical communication, like levels of communication about expressing the places of doneness um, the desire. Doneness. Yeah. I mean, I like it just, <laughs> I just, <laughs> and then other times it's like, you know what? Like, I'm so looking forward to Sabbath. What do we want to do? Like, mm-hmm. do we want to, you know, go to this forest preserve? When you, when you've got more going into it, then you can, you can have more of a, what it is that you want it yes, to be versus what right. you don't want it to be. Yeah. But yes. that's seasonal too. You know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, we just take it week by week and we'll have a conversation on usually on Friday or Saturday and and we'll talk about the Sabbath and and what it needs to be for us. Mm -hmm. So, and sometimes it's a really beautiful inclusion of other people. Um, and so Mm -hmm. that's also been a real joy to have other people who understand the energy and the posture that we have on that day. And they Mm -hmm. want to join us in that, like, Mm -hmm. that's a really beautiful thing too. And that really speaks to so much of your message in this book about Sabbath being a communal activity. So we have our own little community of family who's trying to practice, Mm -hmm. but the gift is so much sweeter when we've been able to actually practice that um, with other families as well. And for our children to experience other adults from their Sabbath place and for the kids to have present the, all the adults be there in a certain way, we, when you gather for certain kinds of things, you bring a certain kind of presence. And so when we have gathered with friends on the Sabbath, I've just noticed that it's just a little bit different and mm-hmm. so good for all of us because we know what we're trying to do and what we're trying to to be um, on that day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for example, we've had Sabbaths where there's 15 kids in our yard, you know, mm-hmm. like for, for the afternoon. And that is mm-hmm. a really wonderful, beautiful thing in and of itself. We're it not, is. We're certainly yeah. not shutting people out because mm-hmm. it's Sabbath. Well, no, because Sabbath, again, it's not about being alone. Yeah. That's not what it is yeah. fundamentally. It's fundamentally about being in community. Right. Well, I want to um, enter into another topic with the two of you because I know that we'll be able to do it well, I think. <laughs> oh, no. And that is, um, I want to talk about the gender roles on the Sabbath mm. because one of the things that I've experienced in my all of my years of Sabbath practice is that oftentimes the weight and the burden of preparing for the Sabbath, whether it's food or cooking or, clean, you know, and this goes all the way back to my own childhood when I was raised in a pastor's home and we would have company a lot and the burden and the weight of the cooking and the serving and the cleaning up always fell inordinately on the women. And I still feel it sometimes even in my own life that to make Sabbath special with special food and all of that, I'm running around doing the grocery shopping and doing the food planning and all of that. And I I know you guys wrestle with this and I, that's why I know we can talk about it is how do we, and I put a little bit of a stake in the ground around that in the book. Um, How do we make sure that the weight of preparing for Sabbath and making it beautiful and special doesn't fall inordinately on one gender or another. If, if you put a counseling session on the internet, I'm going to be frustrated. <laughs> You're ready. <laughs> I'm um, not going to speak until you speak. <laughs> I, I, I would honestly, I would honestly say that I, I don't plan meals. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I just, okay. it's not in my repertoire. It's mm-hmm. not, but we, mm-hmm. every single Sabbath go out for breakfast. So which I, is problematic. I pay for meals, which is problematic because <laughs> it means that other people are not able to practice that. Whatever. I can't, we can't do this, but, uh, but yeah. um, <laughs> like we can't go down that rabbit hole. But, uh, but mm-hmm. so we, we always 
don't have cleanup after breakfast. And I would <laughs> hope that you would say that I share a fair deal of helping with meals yes. and cleanup and all of that on Sabbath. Yes. Like, I, I think that I do a fairly good job of it, not just being you. Yes. But I will say that I could do a better job of thinking about Sabbath and saying, all right, I'm going to help, you know, shop for this and prepare for whatever this, you know, this meal is. The truth is she makes everything so beautiful that it's really hard for me to think that I could be involved and have it be even half as beautiful as what she does. So, well, I think like in any relationship, we've been trying to take stock of strengths and desire and gifting. And we are still really in the midst of this on a lot of levels. And so in terms of the thinking ahead and the preparation for how people are going to eat that definitely falls squarely on me, <laughs> you know, right now the, because I am a planner and I, the, it just, the groceries and all that does fall on me. Kyle is incredibly attentive and helpful as it relates to when the work is actually happening in the house. Um, and so I'm very grateful for that. So I'm never alone in the what's happening in the house. But the, I do feel the weight of making sure that we're ready to have a Sabbath yeah. experience. Mm -hmm. And that also includes making sure that the kids are ready for school in some way, you know, like was there homework yeah. that needed to be completed? Mm -hmm. Were there things that needed to be signed? You know, like, and the truth is, is that last school year, we had to st start there. There came a point where we had to start letting our Sabbath end at dinner time on yep. Sunday yes. yep. so uh -huh. that we had yeah. hours in the evening to start turning our attention towards that. Which is the Jewish yeah. mm -hmm. Sabbath, too. Like there was a starting anyone, point and there yes. was an ending point. Yeah. If you, you know. start on Saturday. Yeah. 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 And, and ending with the evening meal. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's very biblical. And but sometimes there's historic. other things that that can't be done in those few hours that need to be mm -hmm. thought of ahead of time. And so we are in the process of figuring out um, how to really partner in the responsibility and the invisible labor as it relates to having a family. And yeah. that is a place that if, that we have not figured out yet, but we are in really honest and active conversation about mm -hmm. because there are places in our life together where it would make a lot of sense for Kyle's leadership and responsibility to have more of a place um, as it relates to some of the things that have to do with our family. And I would say that in terms of the things that need to be done around the house and the yard and the things to care for our home, Kyle is often spearheading on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And he plans some of the fun activities too, right? The outdoor activities and things like that. Getting them, you know, finding out where you can, you know, the, getting the equipment together. I mean, yeah, I do know that you're a prime mover on some of those really fun things that your family gets to do. Yeah, and some of those are Sabbath activities, right? Like we, we that's took, what I'm saying yeah, is that you yeah. do those on the Sabbath. Yeah, we yeah. took we took a few weekends ago. We took kayaks out on a lake. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's right. it's that, and that was our Sabbath, the thing that we did for Sabbath. So yeah, for sure. I mean, there's. You know, there, but there's an element of this that I love and it is, it is us learning each other and what's good for each other during Sabbath and mm -hmm. starting to learn and adapt what, who we are and what our natural tendencies are to help the other be able to practice Sabbath as well in a more positive mm -hmm. way. And so I think that probably relates to more of life than just Sabbath. But anyway, we'll keep it about Sabbath on this podcast. Yes, we will. Yeah. In this, in this <laughs> yeah. phone call, yes. Well, and the only other thing that I would mm -hmm. say is that the biggest weight for me that I'm glad that we share is the commitment to the practice. You know, mm -hmm. I don't feel that I am holding that weight by myself. And I think that yeah. if I did, it would be really hard and far less life-giving. And so mm -hmm. the fact that we have, we have come to have a very shared 
commitment and desire and we experience the gift of it together is one of the greatest shared responsibilities that I feel mm-hmm. that, that it, it is a commitment we both have to this is one of the ways in which we're leading our family together. Yeah. I was going to say that knowing that Charity and I are a little tiny bit similar <laughs> um, in personality and giftings, that uh, one of the things that I've been watching myself for is that sometimes because I have such a desire for everything to be perfect and special and beautiful that I actually prevent my spouse from actually stepping up and doing stuff because he wouldn't do it as in the same way I would do it or as well as I would do it. And so I want to maintain my control over it. So it'll be as special as I want it to be. And sometimes I just wonder if God's invitation to me sometimes is just to let, let what he would do and how he would plan it be beautiful and wonderful, you know, um, and to let go just a little bit. So I was just, you know, I'm just saying, you know, we don't even have to include that, but you know, I'm, I'm aware of it in myself is all I'm going to say, um, that I've been aware. I'm aware of that. So. Yeah. Let it suck so that he can do it. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. I would say though, that <laughs> we don't work really hard at the beauty once Sabbath mm-hmm. is here. I, you just naturally do beautiful things. But I mean, what I mean, it, to me, the work is just the the thinking through all the details and getting everything in the house. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it just, it's a lot to think through all of the things, you know, so. Yeah, I don't, I, I think that mm-hmm. what, what Ruth probably in your stage of life that's a little different is that you're able to be able to be in a place where like you can spend a lot of time preparing something that's mm-hmm. really special. And I, I, I well, like, we, we just can't, we don't, we don't yeah. do that on our Sabbath <laughs> at this stage of life. You know what I mean? We, we just don't. We no, don't, I, yes. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My question for you is because I'm looking farther down the road because I know what your Sabbath practice was like when we were teenagers in the house. And right now our children mm-hmm. are all in. They're leaning in They're They look yes. forward to it. They even use it against us. Like we don't have to do that. It's Sabbath, you know, like those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And it's a really beautiful shared practice, communal practice for our family. But I don't think that it'll stay that way. I think mm-hmm. that there will be pushback and there will be other priorities that they have that start to creep in. And we are going to be at that crossroads where as parents, you decide mm-hmm. how much of your own values are you going to impose on your children and then how many of them are you going to let them decide to incorporate in their own lives for themselves Mm -hmm. and I one of the greatest gifts that you have given me in my life is that you have never I think even to a fault there's things I wish that maybe you would have said to me sooner but Mm -hmm. I don't know how you've been so disciplined as to be on a very intentional spiritual journey incorporate very life-changing and life-giving practices into your life and experience the benefit of that and really not ever talk about them with us in a way that would be anything more than us just getting a window into what God is inviting you into. Mm -hmm. And that has allowed me to seek out these kinds of experiences out of my own desire rather than a feeling of ought or should. Um, You didn't give me anything before I was ready for it. And so it became more meaningful because it came when I was ready. And so I'm wondering if you have any advice for us as you see us entering into seasons where this might not stay as sweet as it is right now. Mm -hmm. And as parents, how do you evolve 
in these the seasons of your life with your children, knowing what you know and being with God in the way that you've been with God and allowing your children to just, you know, leave it behind if they if they choose. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you say those things, I'm always like, wow, did I really know to do that? I, I asked myself, you know, how did I know to do that? How did I know not to foist it on you in a way that would have maybe ruined the gift, mm-hmm. which I think that was probably the deepest knowing I had was that these kinds of things have to come from one's own desire. They cannot be foisted without ruining them in some way, and especially the gift of the Sabbath. And so, you know, we've shared tears over the fact that um, I wish that Sabbath practice in particular was something that... I had known enough to be able to incorporate when you all were younger, which is why it's a a pleasure and a privilege to get to be on the sidelines and watching you do it with your family. And sometimes there's some grief in that for me, you know, that I didn't, but I didn't, I just, it wasn't the moment. I didn't, the Lord didn't bring the Sabbath back to me in that moment when it would have impacted our family in that way. Um, But I did have this deep sense that there are some things that are so precious that they have to be reached for and received as a gift, not as a, an ought and a should um, and so I thank God for that anyway, even though I still feel grief sometimes that we didn't get to experience some things together that you all are getting to experience as a very young family. And that that's a place of trust for me. And, and our conversations have been helpful to me because you've been able to name the benefits too mm-hmm. for you is that you let me choose it. You let me find out the goodness for myself. Mm-hmm. So I think, number one, I think we have to choose our battles in all sorts of different ways. Parents are always choosing their battles, right? You have to choose what you're going to elevate to being a battle. And we have to pay attention to ourselves and what's going on inside ourselves that makes us even want to make this a battle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and some things are worth battling, you know, like when your your daughter is getting ready to go out on a date with a guy you don't trust. I mean, sometimes there are things that are definitely worth battling, but then there are other things that you say, man, maybe I need to not bang this drum so hard mm-hmm. because... And and so I feel a lot of compassion for young parents today because I also know that we were not challenged in some of the same ways as parents as you are today. Sure. Like, for instance, I see young parents today battling with technology in a way that we didn't have to battle. And I feel compassion. I feel like overwhelmed sometimes with the, the burden and the difficulty of all these technologies that parents are now having to have new battle lines that we never had to have, mm-hmm. you know. And so picking your battles, I think, is one of the main things that I would say. The other thing that I would perhaps say has to do with the last season of the podcast where we talked about differentiation that I think parents, and I th- I did feel it. I didn't have the language for differentiation back then, but I knew it somewhere inside myself. And, and it was more biblical and theological than it was psychological at that time. And that is that um, there is a thread through scripture that our spirituality and our choice to follow God sometimes will bring us in contradiction to others, even as close to to us as in our families. And yet it is still our job to follow God. And that's what I knew in my life was that I was being called by God into some practices. And I, there was not a way in the world I could say no Mm -hmm. to God's invitation to me. And I had to trust, and I did have a good spiritual director around this topic. And that was trusting that if I were to stay faithful to God, and if I was going to keep doing what was good for me and what was a response to God's call in my life, that God would be good to others through it. And I had to trust first for my family. So when I would tell you girls, well, no, I don't shop for wedding dresses on Sundays. I mean, weddings was one thing, you know, I don't do wedding planning on Sundays. 
but you, I, you know, I, and I said it from deep inside myself and my conviction to what God was calling me to. And you all really did accept it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did. I, I don't know why. I don't know how. But um, once I explained what I was doing, we just we adjusted and you guys didn't fight me with your, you know, with your sister Bethany, where, you know, the, tr- the teams were traveling on Sundays. I mean, I was willing to do a lot for 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 the kids sports but packing bags and going and sitting in fields and doing water bottles and driving around finding obscure places to watch soccer at that point I knew that that wasn't the uh, that wasn't restful for me that was a day like any other day Mm -hmm. and that made it a day that wasn't holy and set apart and so he said you're welcome to make your own choice if you can get a ride that's great but that's not something we'll, we'll be we'll be present to your athletics six days a week. But on the seventh, you can make your own choice. But that's not consistent with the Sabbath. It's, it just doesn't rest me. I'm such an introvert and I can't be out visiting with, you know, parents and everything else on the Sabbath there. I will not be able to enter back into my work if I do that. Mm-hmm. So I I knew that it just came from someplace really deep inside. And I had spiritual support for it, too, to say, if you follow God in your life that way, if you can just define yourself, I didn't say it that way then, but if you can know who you are and what God is calling you to do and do it faithfully, God will bring goodness to others. And so I think that's why your testimony means so much to me when you say it is that I realize, oh, yeah, that really actually did happen. I didn't see the benefits then. But now all of you, all of you girls really see Sunday as being a set apart day. All of you do, even though we didn't do it together. All of you see Sunday as being a different day than the other days. And in in all you, in your own ways, try to keep it that way. Did I answer you? Yeah. Yeah, And you know, as you were speaking, what also came back is just, I think that it'll be an even deeper place of trust for me with God Mm -hmm. about those I care about most on that day, you know, know. Um, and that, that he too is, going to continue to woo them to this day and it's not my job to to do that you know what i mean that Mm -hmm. my job is to be present to the invitation that god is extending to me and to bring my most present self to that day and i think that it'll be a real act of trust um in my parenting as so many seasons will be that in all sorts of different ways. yeah that you don't know you don't know where they're going to land and you got to let them take their own way to get there yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, that I'm just really aware of is the question of what is the gift? I mean, is the gift getting to go to every soccer game you want to go to for the child or getting to do every activity you think you want to do today? Or is the real gift might the quality of the presence of your parents? Right. You know, the fact that you're a different person and they get to have that yeah. right. on that day. Right. Right. I mean, that's the real gift you're bringing, right, is the gift of yourself mm-hmm. in a certain state of being, yeah. in a certain state of mind. And, and you know, you remember the gift of who I was on those days that was different from the other days? I do. I also know maybe they that there too. were, yeah, I also know that there were probably many, many days that I knew the gift and didn't choose it, you know, in the same yes. way that we yeah. didn't choose it all at, of our at young, that ad- time in your life. Yeah, yeah, in the way yeah. that we didn't choose it all of our young adult life. We were having way more fun just going, mm-hmm. going, going, and there wasn't, you know, and I, I think that you're right. So much of these deep spiritual places come out, have to come from your own desire and that comes about in its own time and you can't make somebody have the mm-hmm. desire for something before they have the desire for it. And so right. it'll just be another part in the, in the journey. And I'm glad that you'll be there to support us <laughs> while we try to withhold any yeah. of our, all of your wisdom well, that you could share exactly. possibly. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm really good at trying to tell people what to do. So <laughs> and why they should it's do gonna it. Be very challenging. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pick your battles. Yeah. That's the mantra. Yeah. 
We wanted to pause for a moment and express our gratitude to our sponsor. The season of our podcast is sponsored by Goodkind. Goodkind is all about helping people cultivate the good kind of habits and holiday practices that allow them to engage with God and one another throughout the year. They have a great tool for Advent and also a Sabbath box to help you practice Sabbath with your family and so much more. So to learn more about them and the products that they make, you can find them at goodkind.shop. Before we finish up this episode, I wanted to acknowledge that you've heard Charity and Kyle talk about their transforming community experience. Both of them have been in a transforming community, and it was a significant part of how they were invited into Sabbath and those Sabbath rhythms. And I want to invite you to consider the same thing, that our 27-month transforming community experience is available to you. We're starting Transforming Community 19 in June of 2023. And if you are interested, there is information, there's a link, our show notes where you can learn more about how you too could experience this transforming experience in your own life. Also, I wanted to let you know that another little bit of my conversation with Kyle and Charity that had to do with how they're going about choosing a church and how important the Sabbath practice is as they seek out the right community for themselves. That part of our conversation we decided to put over on Patreon. So we're making that part of the conversation available to everyone. And so if you go over to patreon.com slash transforming center, you can listen to that part of our conversation, whether you are a patron or not. And now back to our conversation. So, you know, we're concluding each one of our episodes uh, the same way each chapter in the book concludes with uh, the question of what does your soul want to say to God? Because the Sabbath emerges out of our souls, not out of our intellects and our thoughts and our shoulds and all of that. I think any of us who are practicing Sabbath fruitfully and meaningfully at all are doing so because we got in touch with something deep inside our souls, right? And so I'm concluding each one of these conversations by just asking my guests and, and allowing you to ask me, what is your soul? want to say to God at the end of this conversation? What's stirring in your soul at the end of this conversation? I think in terms of like directly towards Sabbath practice is just, I, I think my soul just keeps crying out for peace. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I just yeah. like is it's peace, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, in my, it, a lot of that is in my head, but a, a lot of that is in my body too you know, mm-hmm. for me. So, yeah. I think my soul just has a lot of gratitude right now that there even is a practice that has this much goodness in it for a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm a parent who can lose touch with that really tender, open, easy, fun place. Mm-hmm because I can keep a lot of things going. And so Mm -hmm. a really concrete invitation to be free in myself with the people that God has given to me is saving my relationship with my children Mm -hmm. because it keeps them in touch with who their mother really is in God and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how much their mother really loves them Mm -hmm. despite how crazy the week can get. And Mm -hmm. I think that the Sabbath practice changes who I am throughout the week, too, Mm -hmm. because I don't get too far beyond myself. You know, I think that you say that in the book that the reason to practice it regularly is just so that you don't go too long, you know, and I I experience that as a safety net 
all the time in this intense parenting season. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. So at the end of this conversation, as a mother and a grandmother, what does your soul want to say to God? (laughs) That I feel privileged, you know, to be on this journey with you and Kyle and in our family, the way we're on the journey together now and what we're sharing in this goodness too, on the, you know, on the journey together, I feel privileged. And I also feel a longing to to continue to have these conversations with your generation. And I just by myself wanting to say to God, oh, you know, please let us create spaces. Let us get to keep having these conversations across the generations, you know, this multi-generational conversation that we're having right now, because now I'm seeing the Sabbath being passed on, not just my children, but to my grandchildren. And, um, and I really care about this conversation within the church, the church writ large, the church, capital C, like the body of Christ on the earth now. And I just hope I get to continue to be a part of it. I have a really deep longing to continue to get to be a part of this cross-generational conversation about how we're going to keep learning to receive this good gift of God. Amen. And now for our listeners, I encourage you to do the very same thing. Don't just rush on to whatever is next in your life right now, but take a moment to feel your longing to cry your tears. If there's tears that you're having right now, don't rush on to the next thing, but what is your soul wanting to say to God? What is your soul longing for? And take a few minutes to say it or to write it or to feel it or to cry it. And don't rush on. Create space right now for what your soul wants to say to God. Amen. <laughs>